It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another live Monday mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Taking your questions today, I am live on Twitter Spaces. If you're there with me and you would like to be on the show, if you'd like to ask your question yourself live, you can do it. All you have to do is request to be a speaker, and I will bring you up and you can get on the show. Other ways that you can be on the show here today is, uh, well, there are two ways. One of those is to just go on Twitter and send me your question to at Bobby Max Sports. Send it, and I'll read it, and I'll answer it for you. Or you can record a voice memo on your phone, and you can email it to me at bobbymack, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. Any of those ways are available for you to get on here today. Love to have you on today's show. Big win for the Blue Jackets yesterday. Huge win against the Vegas Golden Knights at Nationwide Arena. It was huge because of what the Blue Jackets were missing more so than of what they had. I'll tell you all about that right after I tell you about the fine folks over at Telhio Credit Union. They have been servicing this area for a long, long time. And when I say servicing, I mean they've been providing great service to their customers. But I also mean community service, giving back to the communities where their branches are. That's what they do at Telhio Credit Union. That's what makes them such a special organization. That's what makes them special people. It really does. Because it's not just about the business. It's about the people the people of the community, the people that are the customers, all of it. It's all-encompassing. So if you have your money in the bank and you've been thinking about joining a credit union, or maybe your question is, why should I join a credit union? I would encourage you, in fact, I would tell you to go to tellhio.org and take a look at that site and just go around and click on the different links, see what the services are that they provide, see what the perks are that come with those services, and see how they might be of help to you. Because they might be, and you might not even know it. Whether it's for your own personal uh, finances, or whether it's for a small business that you have. Who knows? They know. They know exactly what you need. So go to tellhio.org, look around the website, and figure out what works for you. If you can't get an answer for a question that you have, if you are doing this during regular business hours, you can click on the live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen, and somebody will pop up, and they will help to answer your questions and get you taken care of. Ohio Credit Union is open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. All right, big show here today as the Blue Jackets are coming off a big win yesterday against the Vegas Golden Knights, and it was a win that was really, really magnified because of who the Blue Jackets did not have in their lineup. Boone Jenner on Saturday went on injured reserve Jenner is going to be out for who knows how long. He is listed as week-to-week. Let me just tell you, that is not a good description. Day-to-day, that's a good description. Week-to-week, that is not a good description, especially when you're looking at the fact that there are basically six weeks left in the season. That's really what you're looking at here. And Boone Jenner has been playing through an injury. It finally caught up to him to where he couldn't play any longer, and now he is week-to-week. Terrible news for the Blue Jackets. Boone Jenner is not only the captain of the team, he was holding down the number one center position on this team in between Patrick Laine and Gus Nyquist. And to have him taken out, to have his leadership taken out of 
the lineup is huge. I mean, this guy just busts his tail every single day. He's having uh, a career year when it comes to scoring goals. He's just doing everything that is asked. He is leading by example, and all of a sudden he is out of the lineup. Not a good sign whatsoever. And not only did they have him out of the lineup, Jake Voracek, he took that knee from Marcus Foligno. Was it a knee? No, it wasn't a knee. Was it a penalty? No, it wasn't a penalty, but it was a big fine that the National Hockey League laid on Marcus Foligno after that game was over. Didn't suspend him, but they fined him. They fined him a lot. Hey, we fined him the max. You should feel good. We fined him the max. Yeah, okay, whatever. Anyhow, uh, so Jake's out of the lineup as well. How long that is, not exactly sure at this point. He missed yesterday's game. Further evaluation going on when it comes to Jake Voracek, so um, hopefully that's not going to be a long-term thing, but... You never know. You really don't know what's going to happen when it comes to that. So, the Blue Jackets were already in a hurt when they started that game yesterday. If I told you, hey, I'm going to take out, uh, let me see, I'm going to take out Boone Jenner and Jake Voracek, and I'm going to put in, uh, how about Brendan Gantz and Trey Fix-Kowalanski? Are you okay with that? Fix-Kowalanski and Gantz in place of Voracek and Jenner. Are we good? Are we square on that? Okay, we're good. We're good. No, you would never take that deal. Never in a million years would you take that deal. But because of injuries, that's the way it went. And ironically, the Blue Jackets scored a ton of goals. A ton of goals. Now, they did get, in all fairness, in all fairness, this is true, so I'll say it. They got a Vegas Golden Knights team that is without, uh, I don't know, six to nine players out of their lineup because of injury. Big name guys were out of their lineup because of injury as well. You know, uh, they didn't feel bad for the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets didn't feel bad for them, whatever. But anyway, it's it's about what you do in those situations as a team, right? It's about what you do. And before the game, you know, Brad Larson was telling me in the pregame interview, well, we just have to have other people step up. Everybody wants this ice time. Now they're going to get it. We'll see what they do with it. Players were saying, well, there's... Other of us, uh, others of us that have to step up. We've got to be better. We've got to do whatever we can do to fill the void. And boy, did they do that. And it started, it started with Oliver Bjorkstrand. Oliver Bjorkstrand, I thought he played one of his best games I've seen him play yesterday. He was just everywhere, doing everything. He was uh, engaged. He was energized. He was there, simply there. Every time he was on the ice, you knew it because... Look at the puck, you'll see number 28. He was just there. He finished with a great line, one goal and three assists. You know, he could have had a hat trick himself. He really could have. But he didn't have the hat trick. That honor was left to the 18-year-old Cole Sillinger, who became the second youngest player in franchise history to score a hat trick. Nikita Filatov was the other guy, by the way. He was just days younger than Cole Sillinger is but uh Sillinger gets the hat trick and what a terrific game I mean Bjorkstrand sets sets him up twice uh once with a beautiful no look backhanded pass off the end boards to the slot one where Bjorkstrand's shooting the puck and Cole just happens to get the blade of his stick on it deflecting it on its way to the net and uh then the last one just that was all Cole Sillinger going to the net and Max Domi gives him a great pass and see you later it's over. So that was that was great. There were so many storylines to that game. But even when the Blue Jackets were up 5-2, to two, then it became 5-3. to three. They got caught in a bad line change. 5-3. Then it was 5-4. Now you're going, oh, it's the third period. It's 5-4. I've seen this play out before. This is not good. But no, 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 no. Not last night. No, that same old scenario did not play itself out. The Blue Jackets were able to battle. They were able to get an empty netter. They were able to get the win over the Vegas Golden Knights. A costly blow 
to a Vegas team that came into yesterday sitting in the final wild card spot and having teams breathing down their necks. A team that is trying to get back into the hunt in the Pacific Division, and they're not out of the top three by that much, but they're not out of the picture by that much either. Those were two important points for them. They didn't get them. The Blue Jackets took them away. So it was a huge win on a big day. Again, when you're without players of that nature, it is just, um, it's really tough. It's really, really tough to win games. And the Blue Jackets went out there and they found a way to do it yesterday. Now they've got to find a way to do it in Ottawa on Wednesday. And they've got to find a way to do it back at home against Washington on Thursday. And they've got to find a way to do it against, uh, who's next, St. Louis, maybe, Saturday? I don't know. So anyway, it's... um, Look, everything from here is just a battle and a grind. It really is. A battle and a grind is what it is. Because you're going to be playing three games in four days pretty much every week from now until the end of April. So you got to be ready to play. Who's ever available, who's ever in the lineup, then they've got to produce. And yesterday, those guys did just that. They were able to go out there and to produce. So it's a it really feel-good game coming into this show today. It really is. And now... Today marks one day, or one day. Today marks one week prior to the trade deadline. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens and what this team looks like next week. At Not this time next week, but at uh, when the team leaves next Monday, they'll fly to Pittsburgh at 5 o'clock next Monday afternoon. What will it look like at that point in time? Who will the personnel be at that point in time? Who will be here? Who will be gone? Who will be coming? Who will be going? Really going to be interesting here over the course of the next week. And as I said, you've got a ton of games leading up to that anyway. So there's there's plenty of distraction from the trade deadline, but yet plenty of discussion about the trade deadline coming up over the course of this next week. So that's where we stand. That's where it is. If you're with me live on Twitter Spaces today and you want to ask a question, I encourage you to do that. Just request to be a speaker, and you can come on the show. Before I get to that, there are some questions from last week that when they were emailed to me, they wound up in a junk folder, and I did not find them until after the show was over. So what I would like to do, what I would like to do... <laughs> I say that like I'm asking for your permission. (laughs) What I would like to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get those questions first here, and I'm going to answer those questions uh, from last week. A couple of them, and let's get the first one going. Hey, Bob, it's Josh here from Grove City, Ohio. It's been a little while since I've checked into the show, but uh, no worries. I'm still listening loyally every week. Uh, So I just had a quick question for you because I feel like your goal call on Voracek's goal with two seconds left to send us to OT is one of my favorites of all time of yours. I would love to know, where does that moment rank for you? In all of CBJ history, where does that moment of him scoring at that time uh, rank for you? I felt like I heard it in your voice that that was a huge moment. So I'd love to know, is that a top three CBJ moment? Is it a top five, a top 10? Would love to know your thoughts. And as always, thanks for all you do, Bob. All right, Josh, thanks. Of course, Josh is referring to that goal call last Saturday night, the Rick Nash number retirement night against the Boston Bruins that uh, tied the game with under two seconds to go in regulation. Uh, I didn't think about it. Um, If you think that in my voice I was saying, I have got to make this one of the largest moments in franchise history. No, I wasn't doing that, Josh. I uh, I hate to disappoint on that. I simply was completely in shock. I completely... 
you know, couldn't believe that the puck went into the net on that night when there was that much magic and uh, that much energy and that much atmosphere. It, it was almost surreal that that puck went into the net. Again, it was from Jake. He had two goals going into the game, right? And his shot is the one that goes in with under two seconds left. So um, I, I wasn't trying to play it up to be one of the biggest moments. It's it just what you heard was organic. What you heard was just raw emotion on that call. But since you ask it like that, and I have to think about it, it, it cannot be top three. There's there's no way it could be top three. I mean, you know, you, you go back to uh, there's so many moments. Um, you know, the, du- the double overtime win in the playoffs in Pittsburgh, the first win playoff win in franchise history, uh, that is absolutely huge. Uh, the Brandon Dubinsky goal at home against the Penguins in game four that ties it late in the third period. Felino's overtime winner that wins it. That is, that's a huge moment. Um, the, the comeback in game one against Tampa, uh, <laughs> that's a huge moment. That whole Tampa series, the way the Blue Jackets played it out, um, you know, so many moments in there, especially the, the empty netter that the first empty netter, there were several, the, the first empty netter that sealed the deal and uh, got the sweep in the series. Uh, that one is absolutely huge. Um, the uh, the game against Boston, that was a double overtime, right? The winner against uh, the Boston Bruins. So there's so many, there's there so many moments ahead of that. But, but I guess it still ranks in the top 10, to be honest, because I've mentioned about five. Uh, so so it's up there, but I had to think about it when I was when I was calling it. I wasn't thinking about it being a historic moment in franchise history, and and it was historic. It's and I guess the reason I wasn't thinking of it like that is because it was a regular season game. You know, most of those iconic plays come in the playoffs. They as I just said, what did I just run through for you? Right, game winner Pittsburgh, game tire, game winner at home, the playoff, all playoff moments. That's where the big moments or the biggest moments seem to occur in the playoffs. But in all fairness, you're right. It was a huge moment on what was just a, a, a night of celebration for the Blue Jackets. And all that game was missing was the second point. That's all it was missing was to get the second point in the game. But uh, but that moment is, uh, that's fair, Josh. That's a really good question because it's big and uh, I'll put it in the top 10 as things stand right now. But it was... Um, yeah, it was, it was special. It was special, no doubt about it. All right, here's another email I had from last week that got kicked in my junk mail. I don't know why. Uh, this one is from Phil in Clintonville, and he says, Hockey 101 question, can you explain exactly what gets a player kicked out of the face-off circle? What advantages are they trying to gain? The real answer to that question, Phil, is I can't explain it because it goes based on the, the different officials and what they see. But... A lot of times, so you know in the face-off circle, right around the dot, there are those little uh, lines, hash mark things, whatever you want to call them there. The players are supposed to keep their skates within that. And many times if a player is trying to slide forward or uh, get an advantage that way and the skates are not within the boundaries, they'll get thrown out for that. Uh, they can get thrown out for not having their, their stick down when it's supposed to be down or trying to, trying to cheat like that. Uh, any advantage they can get with the stick. Um so if they're if they're not putting the stick down properly, they can get waved out for that. They can get waved out for their teammates jumping into the circle before they're supposed to. You see that a lot too, where um, it's not the guy that's taking the face off; it's somebody else trying to gain an advantage by jumping early, and then the referee will wave out that face off man um, not, through no fault of his own. 
he will be waived out. So those those are uh, those are the majority of the reasons that guys get thrown out of the faceoff. Maybe they come in there and they just um, it's not out of the realm of possibility to come in there and uh, smart off to the referee about the way he dropped the puck last time or or not the referee the linesman of how he dropped the puck the last time or something like that. I mean you can. They can kick you out for what they want to kick you out for, basically, within the rules. I mean, if you smarted off to somebody, I guess they could throw you right out of there. So those are the things. So I hope that clears it up for you, Phil. A little Hockey 101. Thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, Again, if you're live on Twitter Spaces, you can uh, make a request to join the show, and I will go ahead and bring you on to the show. So uh, I've gotten through those two that I wanted to get to from last week that I didn't see. So we've gone through those. So, again, if you're on Twitter spaces, you want to be on the show, request to be a speaker, and I will bring you up. Right now, I'm going to go right back to Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports. I've got a couple here, and one of those is from Jody, who says, is the NHL behind the scenes helping to protect Russian players' families that are in Russia? We know that if the players speak out, there's a good chance their families end up in jail or worse. And also, I can't wait to be in town for Thursday's game for my birthday. So Jody's coming in for the game against the Washington Capitals. Happy early birthday to you, Jody. Uh, as far as the other stuff, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. I don't know. Um, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> like, it's easy to say, oh, we know player people will get in trouble and they'll get put in jail. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't, I'm, um, you know, I, I don't know about it, so I'm not going to speak about something that I don't know about. As simple as that. So I, I wanted to answer your question. Unfortunately, the answer is I don't know what is going on with any of that. I know that, um, you know, the players are playing and that's it. That's as far, that's the only thing I know when it comes to uh, the Russian players in the National Hockey League. We're playing the game and I don't know anything else that's going on behind any scenes. If there's anything going on, if there is what it is, I don't know any of it. So sorry about that. Uh, Mark Carell II says, trade deadline is a week away, and it seems like I am the minority of wanting Max Domi to stay. Is it a guarantee that he is gone, or is there a chance to extend him? Well, Mark, there aren't guarantees, and here's the thing. I know I've been one that has said for a long time, you know, Max Domi probably gets traded at the deadline, and again, the reason is because he is an unrestricted free agent. And he's an unrestricted free agent that's making over $5 million. He's going to want to raise. Are you are you in the market to, to give him more money for what he is doing here? Or are there other options? Are there younger options? Are there more affordable options that are coming down the line? Now, before I go any further, I want to say something about Max Domi's play. He has been really good. I mean, some of the passes that he's made here in the last couple of weeks have been unbelievable. And the way that he set up Sillinger for the hat trick goal yesterday, I mean, he, he, he's got great hockey sense. He's got great skill. The thing is when he came here, everybody thought, and everybody includes Max, everybody thought he was going to be a centerman. Remember when that trade was made, Josh Anderson for Max Domi, you know, Anderson didn't want to sign a contract and stay. He made that clear. He wasn't going to stay. He was going to, you know, he was going to test the waters of free agency anyway. He was going to leave. Everybody knew he was going to leave. And so they made the trade. They decided to get something instead of getting nothing. Great idea. Absolutely great idea. Josh Anderson went to Montreal. He got his money. He got his term. He got a chance to play 
in the Stanley Cup final. And now he's on a bad team that is getting better. Okay? So that's his story. For Max Domi, he came here. They started playing him at center. John Tortorella didn't trust him at center. Felt that he was better on the wing. So then it was kind of like back and forth. If they needed somebody to play in the middle, you know, he might go back there. But you see how it is this year. They haven't even put him there. They haven't even talked about putting him there. He is a winger. That's where they feel that he is best suited to play on the wing. And he is a winger in the bottom six. Those are facts. A bottom six winger making that kind of money, I just don't see an extension on the horizon. And with the, with the way that Max is playing right now, I could see where there would be playoff teams, there are contenders, that I think would have some interest in the game that he brings. He's very good with the puck. I mean, he's, he, he's very fast. He makes fantastic passes. We've seen him score goals. Seems like he likes to pass more than he likes to shoot. But he can score goals, no doubt about that. And, as we saw yesterday, he can fight. And he's had a couple of, not really fights, they're not fights like the old days fights used to be by any means, but in today's game, they're quote-unquote fights. He's roughed it up a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that he's doing that on purpose. I'm saying that the uh, that's what the competition is um, leading to in these cases. You know, what happened yesterday, he had no choice but to respond like that. So... I don't think he's out there intentionally trying to do that to remind teams that he can play that way and you can use that in the playoffs. You can use that grit and that sandpaper and whatever word you want to put with that, whatever uh, synonym you want to supply. But I also don't think it hurts him. I don't think it hurts his value to go out there and and do that and remind teams that uh, he brings that element. You know, because right now, there I've been reading stories here for the last week or more about what the Tampa Bay Lightning did two we- two years ago. Not two weeks ago, two years ago. Remember when they went out? You- and you remember really well. Those of you that have been around for a while, you're going to remember this like it was yesterday. They went out and they got Barclay Goudreau from the San Jose Sharks. They went out and they got Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. And maybe on the surface at the time, those moves were like, eh, okay. Whatever. They like they got a lot of talent there, so so they get these guys and uh, whatever. Well, I don't need to remind, again, those of you that have been around for a long time. I don't need to remind you what happened when those two players got on the line with Yanni Gord as the third line for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And how that line really, in my opinion, was the difference between the sweep at the hands of the Blue Jackets one year, and getting past the Blue Jackets in the playoffs the next year. To me, that was absolutely positively the difference. That line, what they did, they were on the ice a lot. Kucherov and um, Braden Point, yeah, those guys, they, they got their jobs done, and they got their goals and all that stuff. But that line was the difference maker. That line led them to their first Stanley Cup. That line led them to their second Stanley Cup. And now, all three of them are gone. And they're different places. So what are teams that are looking to win the Stanley Cup looking for? They are looking for those types of players. 
you know, you're not really, no, you're looking for a specialty defenseman. If you can get a right shot defenseman, you're going to get it. If you can get a high end, if Jacob Chickering really is going to be traded and you have a chance to get him, then you're, you're going to go try to do that. Um, but you're, you're really looking for guys to supplement. You are. I mean, look over the course of time at some of the teams that brought in big guys at playoff time and how it didn't work out. One, one that jumps to my mind is, how many years ago was this now, when the Pittsburgh Penguins were able to get Jerome Ginla? Remember that? Like, on paper and on the surface, that looks like, wow, this is going to work. This is, look at this. It didn't work at all. It didn't work at all. Because now all of a sudden they're trying to take a guy and fit him in where other guys had been throughout the course of the year. And if you're being knocked out of your spot in the top six, not because of your performance, but because they just happened to get this other guy, who, oh, by the way, is really good, like Hall of Fame guy, but, you know, but it just disrupts chemistry. But teams don't want to disrupt chemistry, and you're very seldom going to get a really high-end guy that's going to make an impact. You know, you, this, this is what it is. You're looking for... You're looking for the role players. You're looking for the grit players. And to bring this all back around to Max Domi, he can fill that role. He can do that. I, I don't know how many teams are looking at him and saying, yeah, maybe he can, you know, be a, a Blake Coleman or something like that. But he just brings a lot of things to the table. And if he's on a good team and he's a bottom six guy and he knows that going in, look, I'm going to be a third or fourth line winger. I've just got to take advantage of the minutes that I'm given and go from there, I think he can handle that really, really well. I think he has a chance to um, to excel in that kind of a role. I really do. So that's my opinion on that. That's, uh, that's the way that I'm looking at that. So there you have it. There's my Max Domi thing. I, I don't want him to be traded. I If he stays here, I am absolutely, positively fine with that. I just... the. The finances of it and the other guys that are coming or are supposed to be coming and all that stuff, you know, that's the only thing that I, I think that throws a monkey wrench into a lot of it because um, just because there's more at stake than, than just a guy. There, there's salary cap implications. There's, you know, players you have on the horizon, all that stuff. So when you factor all of that in, then I, I see it being tough for him to stay here. I, I do. But I'm not – I'm not – you know, carrying his bags to the door or anything like that. I I think he, he brings a lot of things, brings a lot of things to the table. All right, it's time to go to Twitter spaces here. And uh, as always, my man Jordan is uh, set and ready to go and has something on his mind. So let's bring Jordan on the show. Hello, Jordan. Hey, good to hear from you, Tom. I was uh, kind of hearing about your uh, your questions about. My question is, would we trade Domi for Jake DeBrusque, E.K. Suman, in exchange for nice building, like a couple of their players. You're, yeah, could you push through the regular season? I, I think that's going to be a tough go. I think you're getting a draft pick. I, I don't. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a trade expert by any means, Jordan. But I, I think you know you're not going to get. I'm I'm hedging on the DeBrusque thing. I know he wants out of Boston. I know he does. I but I I don't think you can I don't think you can do it straight up. But but you know maybe I'm wrong on that. But you know when I think about them trading Max Domi, honestly, what comes to my mind is them 
trading him and getting a draft pick for him. And I don't even know how high that draft pick would be. So I guess if they could, if there was a way to get another player that could come into your lineup right away, to me, that would be a plus because that's not something I'm expecting. Right, right. I, I did get what you're saying. And, you know, I mean, hey, Monday to Monday, what can you expect on, uh, you know, with Domi making a good trade, contributing to the team, what's, uh, what's a good chance that, uh, you know, you look at all this, I mean, he's, he's just been, his, his A game was just awesome. You know, with, uh, we could put like some of the uh, players that we pull from the uh, monsters to kind of help, even when Jenner's not around. In board check, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's exactly what they had to do. They didn't, they didn't have any choice on that, and it's good that the, those guys were able to come in and, and uh, you know, add to that. Trey Fix-Wolanski, uh, you know, coming in. Not, and, and for him, he knows he's not going to play a lot of minutes, but he has to make the most out of the minutes that he's given. It's, uh, it's really simple as that. Thank you, Jordan. Let's bring Bo on today's show. Hello, Bo. Bo, are you there? Uh, no, I thought Bo had requested, but now Bo is gone. Gone. So, you know, as I say, uh, oh, here we go. Hold on for a second here. Bo might be coming back. Looks like Bo could be coming back to uh, ask the question. I think we got him now. Got gotcha? you? Oh, yeah, okay. All right, this there you are. This is my first time using it, so I apologize. No, you're good. You're good. So listen, I'm a former Jets guy, huge Line A fan. Um, I just want to thank you guys in Columbus for all your, you know, all this great coverage and stuff. Don't know a ton about the team I've been following. And, uh, you know, part of my, of what I've been watching, right, with the team's play this year and their accelerated rebuild, you know, are we concerned with, cause I, and again, I don't get to watch a ton of games. I just see scores and stuff that they'll play on, you know, up here in Canada on Sportsnet or whatever, right? Yeah. Are we concerned with Elvis and Torpy the way, like, to me, you know, the numbers aren't great, right? Like, the, I don't know if there's underlying metrics. Is this defense not great or or what am I missing? How about that? Well, I'll tell you what, Bo, you're not missing anything, in my opinion. Um, okay. I, I think you got it all. First of all, the defense is not what it's going to need to be, Okay. Um, but here's the thing. Overall, it's an inexperienced group. It really is. Um, Boquist hasn't played a lot of NHL games. Jake Bean hasn't played a lot of NHL games. Uh, really, Vladislav Gavrikov hasn't played that many. Andrew Peak hasn't played that many. They are, they are inexperienced, okay? I think this group that's playing defense for the Blue Jackets, I think two years from now, you'll say, wow, this is a really good group. And I remember when they were just, okay or a little bit suspect two years ago that's what I think I think these guys are going to grow and they're going to become better and when I say grow I mean literally grow Jake Bean is going to grow he's going to put on more muscle he's going to get bigger uh Adam Boquist is going to get bigger um they're going to be better so yes yes that group is not what it's been in the past but when you say you, your question was, are we concerned about the goaltenders? I don't know about we, but I'll speak for me. Yes, I am concerned about the goaltenders. Um, you know, Jonas Corposalo, here's a guy that was in the Toronto bubble a couple of years ago and playing lights out, and then there's been all these trade rumors, and now I, I've said this throughout the year. You know, he's been hurt, and when he's not hurt, he's put up bad numbers. 
A lot of times it's been the way the team has played in front of him. Sometimes it's just simply been on him. Uh, so now all of a sudden he doesn't have a lot of games and he doesn't have great numbers. So if you're going to trade him, you've got to trade him on past history, not present history. And what, can you say present history? That's not really correct, is it? I mean, on the no. pre, yeah, you got to trade him in the from what he's done in the past, not what he's doing in the present, which makes it more difficult. So right. I have that concern. And with Elvis, now I'm looking at yesterday's game, and maybe this, maybe yesterday this doesn't happen. Although there were four scored, you know. But Elvis, a couple like a week ago, week to ten days ago, um, oh, it was after the LA game. So that was not this past Friday, but the one before. You know, he came out and he said, uh, I'm tired of giving up four goals a game. And then the next two games, he gave up five goals a game. And I'm not blaming every single goal on Elvis versus Leakins by any means. That's that's not what I'm saying. But there has been one per game. And again, maybe yesterday, I would have to go back and think about the, the goals individually. But I can tell you the L.A. game, there was one that, that was a soft goal. The Boston game, there was one. And look... When you have a team like this, that one can be a difference. Yeah. Case in point, lost to L.A. by one. Lost to Boston by one. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been very concerned with that position, to be completely honest with you, Bo. I think you hit the nail on the head. Perfect. I just want to say thanks for your show. This is great. And also uh, thanks to, uh, I see she's on the line there. Her, I think her name is Celia for the Line A coverage recently. Oh, it's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, she's always there. You're right. She's on the Twitter spaces right now. So uh, I'm sure she heard that. I hope she heard that. So uh, thanks, both. Thanks for checking in today. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. So uh, see, coming from all over the place, coming from Canada, coming from the U.S., coming from down the street, coming from overseas. Welcome to all of you. Simple as that. Glad to have you here on this uh, live Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30. So if you want to get on, if you're on Twitter spaces with me, you can request to be a speaker just like that. Very simple. Have a question, ask it. I'll answer it to the best of my ability. And then we can, uh, you know, discuss. We can discuss. Austin Matthews suspended for two games for what he did yesterday in that, uh, the outdoor game in Hamilton, Ontario. He was given a two-game suspension for the cross check that he delivered to Rasmus Sandin yesterday. So, uh, you know, everybody always thinks that the league will never suspend the stars and that they can get away with whatever they want to get away with. Today, that is not the case. Austin Matthews will sit for two games because of his actions in that Heritage Classic yesterday. That's what it's called. I knew it had a name, and I couldn't think of it when I was saying the outdoor game. I knew it had a name. Heritage Classic is what it was. Um, all right, back to Twitter here at Bobby Mac sports. Dave has this question He says, Hey, uh, most people can agree. The main goal of this season was to learn what the blue jackets look like under Brad Larson's system and how Patrick line and Jake Voracek drive this team as it wraps up over the next couple of weeks. Who do you think has the most left to prove to the organization? Oh, that's a good question, Dave. That's a really good question. Um, well, I, I see again, I think yesterday for one day, not for weeks and not for months and not for seasons, but for one day, I think many questions were answered. I hate to say Oliver Bjorkstrand has more to prove because he's done so much in the years that he's been here and he's done so much that he got a contract extension, but I would so much like to see him play 
three out of four games like he played yesterday because he had been quiet. He had been quiet for a couple of weeks. I mean, he was hot, and then he was cold. Every time I say that, all I think of is Katy Perry. You're hot and you're cold. You're yes or you're no. You're in, you're out. You're up and you're down. Anyway, sorry about that. So I, I would just like to see him play more like he did yesterday, like three out of four games. That would be awesome. That would be great. Uh, who else has more to prove? I, I'll tell you, <laughs> Emil Bemstrom still has to prove, in my opinion, why he should be on this roster. Because now there's ice time again. And now he's back in the lineup again. And he's at some point, I, I have harped on this. How many times this year have I harped on Emil Bemstrom? Here's what I want from Emil Bemstrom. This is what I want. I'm asking, I'm begging, please, please just do this. Just grab a spot. Take the talent that you have. And you've got it. You've got the talent. You've got a shot. You've got speed. Get confidence. And that's that's what it looks like to me from high above. Confidence. You know, this is the third year in the league. You can play. You can play here, but you gotta want to play here. You gotta go get it. When the minutes are available, you gotta grab the minutes. You gotta do something with the minutes. You have to. That that's I'm so much every time he's in the lineup and every time he's on the ice, in the back of my head, I'm saying, come on, just Today. Let, let's let's let today be the day. Grab it today. And then the key is, because you know what? When I talk about Emil Bemstrom and I talk with other members of the media, and this comes up all the time, I'll remember the hat trick last year? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do remember the hat trick last year. Why am I still talking about the hat trick from last year? You don't have to get a hat trick, but let's get some more goals in succession here. With the talent that you have. I really want him to do that. He's a nice guy. He's a likable guy. His teammates like him. Gets along with everybody. Always has a smile on his face. Has skill. Just hasn't grabbed it. And sometimes that happens. Not just to athletes. We focus on athletes because they're under the microscope or they're in the spotlight so much. Those athletes that you go, well, why can't he stay around? Why can't this guy get the job done? What's what's going on with this guy? How come he can't do it? Yeah, we're quick to do that all the time, aren't we? Because we see them. But it happens in life, too. It happens in life where there's there's a job open at work. And this person should be able to fill that easily. And they can't do it. They don't have the self-confidence to go get it and do it. Ah, don't ask me to do it. I could never do that. I... I I wouldn't even think of it. I can't do it. What are you kidding me? You could do it. I can't do it. No, that, that, I wouldn't be any good at that. You know, that's so what happens everywhere. I want to see Emil Bemstrom prove me wrong, prove every naysayer wrong. He has a lot to prove to me. Let me see. Who else? Who else? Who else? Adam Boquist has to prove that he can play better defense. Now, he's out and he's injured right now, but those are facts, and we all know it. He knows it. Offensive game, bingo, we're good. The defensive side, got to get better. So he's got to prove that. Jake Bean, this is the same, he's the same way. You know, Jake Bean has to prove that he's going to get stronger and he's going to be able to uh, stop getting out muscled on stuff. And, you know, so, th- so there are a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys that have things to prove. 
you know, the top guys, what does line A have to prove? Nothing. Jenner, nothing. Nyquist, nothing. Voracek, nothing. Uh, you know, Jack Roslovic has to con- has to prove that he can continue to develop, and, and he's been much better. Like, we're talking about trade deadline. Um, and what, a couple weeks, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, you know, there were questions about Jack Roslovic. I had said at the time, I don't know if I give up on him. He's a young guy. I don't know if I give up. He's been better since then. He's been better. Again, there are going to be financial implications and contract term implications and all that stuff that's going to factor in before it's all said and done. I get it. I understand. But all in all, he's been better. So he's been he's been proving himself, but he but he's got more to prove. He's got more to prove. Eric Robinson, I love your speed, dude. I love your size. I love that you've got some goals. There's more there. There is more there. There should be more scoring touch there. He's got to prove he can get better hands and finish a little bit more around the net. Again, these are all my opinions, so, you know, what, do they matter? No, but a guy like Robinson, he's got tools. He's got tools. You cannot teach speed. You cannot teach size. Sean Corrales, he's got nothing to prove to me. I'm good with him. I'm good with what he does. Max Domi, we've gone over Max Domi already. Uh, who am I forgetting? I don't know. You know, Justin Danforth proved that he could play in this league, and that's what got him a two-year contract extension. So that worked out for him. Um, you know, I, I guess that's it. I mean, we, we went over the goalies, went over Domi. I, I think it pretty much broke it down for you. That's my opinion. That's that's how I see it. This is a good group. It's a good group of people. It's a good group of players. It, they it, they're tight knit, and and that's why trade deadlines suck. Because even if there are guys that are underperforming, or if there are guys that are overperforming for a team that is not going to the playoffs, and they end up getting moved out. That it it stinks when you have a good group. This is a good group. There's no doubt. And that was a question with all the guys that were moved out and all the new guys that are coming in. How is this going to work? How is this going to play out when it came to playing as a team? Spent so much time with you talking about they need to figure out who they are, how they're going to play, what their identity is, blah, 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 blah. Spent a half season talking about that crap. And now, you don't have to talk about it anymore. They know who they are. They know what they need to do. They know how to do it. Do they do it every night? No, they don't. Does any team do it every night? No, they don't. So, there's a lot of good things going on here. You know, even to to nitpick about this guy this and this guy that and this guy's got to do this and this guy's got to do that, it's nitpicking. It's just wanting to be better. It's just wanting to get to the ultimate goal of winning a Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? It's better to be nitpicking. Some of you, I'm sure, wondered if we'd be nitpicking at this time of the year or pulling our hair out because this just was a complete rebuild. It's obviously not. Obviously, when Yarmo used the term retool, 
Was that the one he used? There, there were a couple of them. I think he used Retool. Anyway, um, that that's the way it's going. That's the way it's going. It's it's more of a retool than it is a rebuild. And again, what do I want to see? I want to see the University of Michigan knocked out of the NCAA playoffs as quickly as possible. It's not because I live in Ohio. It's not because I hate Michigan. It's nothing like that. I want to see Kent Johnson. I want to see him in the NHL. I want to see if he can do in this league what he's doing in that league. And I have no doubt that he can. Right away? Nah, maybe not right away. Or, 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 or maybe this is more fair. Maybe he can right away, and then he'll take a step back because people will adjust to him. That is more likely. But overall, in the big picture, I find it hard to believe that a guy could come up through the junior ranks like the way that he did, having to scratch and claw for opportunities, get to Michigan, play the way that he has in the NCAA, go to the Olympics for Team Canada and play the way that he played there. I find it hard to believe with all of that already under your belt that you wouldn't be able to figure out how to get it done in the National Hockey League. My bet is, and I don't bet because I stink at betting, I always get it wrong. So let's cross our fingers and hope that when I make this bet, which has no money behind it, that it works out. My bet is this guy's going to do here what he's been doing throughout his life. And he's going to adjust, and he's going to he's going to be good, and then he's going to be a star. When I look at him and I watch what he does and I read about him and, and you know, people can say whatever they want. You can read every article that you want to. You can read everybody's opinion. You you can listen to every show and get everybody's opinion. I'm giving you my opinion right now. What if I'm off for some reason, right? But none of that means squat until you watch him play. And then you watch and you go, wow, that looks pretty good. And I think it translates. If it, if And if the organization didn't think it was going to translate, they're not taking him fifth overall. All right? So I'm looking forward to him getting here. I am. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, when Kirill Marchenko comes. I don't know if all this stuff going on in the world affects that or not. Selfishly, I hope not because I want to see him play. I want to start to look at the future. Well, the present looks really good here. It does. Make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. Let's be honest. The present looks good. What this team has developed into, the way they've played under Brad Larson, the way that they have... um, the way that they have uh, gelled as a group, it's good. Now let's take a peek into the future and see how much better that it can be. All right, I got one more question off uh, Twitter. Cameron Patrick has this question, says, uh, what do you see happening with Alexander Texier? Cameron, I don't know. I, You know as much as I do. The Blue Jackets have given him uh, a leave of absence. He's back in France right now. He's got... Um, you know, personal issues that are going on there. I don't know what they are. I don't, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to speak about what's going on with him personally because I just, I don't have the insight on it. What do I think is going to happen with him? I mean, as it stands right now, just looking at the overview as I am, as you are, 
I would say that he gets to stay there until he is um, at the point he is ready to return, and then he comes back and hopefully goes back to the development path that he was on, which was fantastic this year. So that's that's all I can tell you about Alexander Texier. They've missed him. It's funny when guys disappear out of the lineup for injury for you know four to six weeks, you forget about them, it, and it's that's not a slight on them. You just like where I am around the team all the time. You never see them. They're not on the same schedule. Their treatment schedule is different from the team schedule. You don't see them on the plane. You don't see them at the arena. You don't see them in the hotel. You just don't see them. You don't see them for a month or more. And then you're going, somebody gets hurt, or or you're talking about training somebody, and then you say, well, well who's going to take his place? Oh, well, you know, uh, we've got two guys hurt. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those guys. <laughs> That's how it works. So, look, I hope, I hope that everything works out extremely well for Alexander Texier and his family and whatever he's going through. I hope he gets through it, um, with flying colors. I, I, um, I wish him nothing but the best in whatever he's going through right now. But I think when he is through that, he comes back here and then he rejoins the group and and they go from there whenever that is. And, And I can't tell you when that might be. So Thank you for joining me on this uh, Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Blue Jackets are on the road Wednesday night. They'll take on the Ottawa Senators, 7.30 game time in Ottawa. And our pregame coverage will start at 7 o'clock on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Valley Sports Ohio. Thanks for all your questions today. I appreciate it very much. We'll talk a lot between now and the trade deadline a week from now. That'll do it for today. I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.